Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Design Recharge. I'm your host, Diane Gibbs. This is our sixth year, and I just realized that just a minute ago, talking to Jason, I was like, oh, it's been six years. So this month marks six years. It was really the end of May in 2012 that I started Design Recharge. So thank you guys for coming along and joining in. So if you're new here, um, there's a chat, and you can always type questions there, and I kind of act like a DJ. So if you have a question for Jason, um, and just to let you guys know, we might be covering some things that are a little bit sensitive. Um, so if you have little kids in the car, you may may or not may or may not want to listen uh, to this right now because we're going to be talking about cancer and some other things that go along with it. But there's definitely a lot of hope we will be talking about because my guest, I was at WMC Fest and I met his boss and or somebody he works with. And he, she said, you've got to inter interview Jason. And I was like, okay. So then I met with them online and I was like, yep, I got to interview him. And then mm -hmm. I decided from that, I wanted to create a whole month of a theme that was really about struggles because I think that we always need to have um, somebody to mimic, especially when we're in a struggle so that we have hope that somebody else that has gone through this already, not mimic like you have to do everything they did, but that it's somebody's already been on that path. So you don't feel so alone. So the it's, this series is from struggle to soar because I feel like, um, you've beaten cancer. You're now arms are out you're soaring and you're really helping a lot of other people going <laughs> through everything that you've been through. Now you're actually helping so many other people. So we're going to get into that. So I'm excited to welcome my guest. This is episode, I think 258 or 259. I can't remember. Jason Schultz. So Jason, I'm so excited to have you. You have a great energy. I can't wait to, for y'all to, um, to know Jason a little bit. He's got a ton of energy and I'm so excited. So Jason, thank you so much for being here. Uh, thank you for allowing me on here. It's a privilege, and I like it, it's it's awesome. Like I, I this is a, this is new to me, but I thought you know what, it's an awesome cause. Let's let's do this. So it's painless. It's a it's a little unnerving, but it is painless, and it's actually kind of fun. So <laughs> yeah, it's just a conversation between yes. us. So we're yes. gonna get we're gonna get started. So kind of give us a little bit of the backstory again. We are talking about you were diagnosed with cancer. Kind of tell us, give us a timeline and, and where you were working and what kind of maybe a little bit of history about your design. Okay. Um, I'll start from the beginning. My name is Jason Schultz. I have the privilege of being a senior graphic designer at The Ohio State University. Um, in June of 2012, I was having some issues around this area in my neck kind of playing it off, kind of, and you know, maybe I'm sick, maybe I'm just tired, worn down, whatnot. Um, but after diagnosis and, and kind of really looking into it and kind of pushing and, and asking for answers, I was sadly diagnosed with stage four nasopharyngeal carcinoma. Um, unbeknownst to me, it was hiding in the perfect spot Basically, if you were to draw a line behind my nose into the pharynx area, it was tucked up in there hiding away, just very menacingly growing and, and waiting to, like, do its duty. Um, I was very fortunate working at Ohio State. I still personally believe had I not been here, I don't know if I would be here because you don't normally walk away from stage four. Right. Um, I, I was very privileged to be at the right place at the right time. I met an amazing staff. Um, in my experience, all of our medical people over in that area are amazing, but I just, I was, I just lucked out. Um, he kind of read me pretty quick up front. I'm the type, I, I don't really relish BS. So he was like, here's what we're going to do. Um, you've got X, Y, Z in treatment and we're going for the win. Like you asked for, you know, this is how we're going to do it. And this is probably the second worst treatment we're going to have. So it's, yeah, it's not going to be fun. And, but I, <laughs> we're going to stick with you. And amazingly, five and a half years later, here I sit. Like six. In, it's six years now. Yeah. I, I actually, well, 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Duh. Sorry. Me and you have our <laughs> anniversaries the same month. <laughs> um. Yeah. That's. It. It, it was a very. Um, gosh. So you got diagnosed. Long. How much longer did you start treatment? Like how many? I. I actually, as soon as I was diagnosed, it was. It was so advanced that I was immediately in treatment i think it was the day I, I i was actually at work received a text from my doctor says you need to call me now and you just kind of get that feeling like oh okay so got a hold of him and he said i know you didn't want to do this you know over the phone but you also asked for quick efficient i'm sorry my friend this is what you have you have stage four nasal pharyngeal carcinoma we need to get you fitted for a mask we need to get you fitted for equipment, treatment procedures, game plan, everything. And we need you up here in a couple hours. So it was like the day of, I'm like, uh, I don't even know how I really got started. I obviously got started and made it, but it was such a whirlwind. Like, yeah, it was, it was, uh, um, I had, 35 radiation treatments. I, I would go five days a week and I had, I joked, I had the weekends off for good behavior. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, and then I had six calculated doses of three different kinds of chemotherapy. Um, I had cisplatin, carboplatin, and the funniest of all, the third one, which is the nastiest, I had to deal with a chemo called 5-FU. <laughs> yeah, no, I... No joke, not even out of me. And I thought, yeah, that's ironic. But um, kind of, I guess to sum up what I learned from part of that treatment and going and during that was it sort of put my head down, helped. Like I, I kind of put blinders on and thought, one's down. All right, we've got Tuesday and, and Tuesday's now, Wednesday's now, Thursday's now. Um, yeah, diligence. Were you trying to work at this time? Um, I tried a little bit in the beginning, but when, honestly, when the chemotherapy starts hitting my body along with radiation, because they, they explain, they're like, usually a couple weeks into radiation, people get zonked out and like your body reacts because it's, it's not nice things we're doing to it. So, um, I tried, but then it just kind of, and I said, you know what, my, my focus right now is to stay alive, like in the heel and get through this. And then I'll worry about getting back to work. <laughs> so that was good. But so then there was some sort of short term or long term disability through Ohio State. Yes, so, so somebody's already mentioned this. So I want I actually know the answer because I had I worked with somebody who is from the Ohio State University. So explain why the the because there's actually another Ohio State University in the mm -hmm. in. The, so this is the, the 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 main one. I've I've heard all kinds of of legends. Lord knows what. Um, it's because of another university is what I've heard the most of. But I yeah I. Okay so okay so now let's backtrack a little bit. You had you had gotten diagnosed, but how long had you been working at Ohio State? I came in in October 4th of 2010. Okay, so you hadn't been there that long. What had you done previously? Because going in-house can be, mm -hmm. um, it can be really good sometimes, and then it can be not so good. So what were you doing design-wise before then? Previous to that, I was at a smaller firm over in my hometown at the time of Hilliard. I was an art director over there helping with kind of business-to-business -business design where we, uh, one of our clients was Donato's on a large business scale. They'd come to us and say, we're looking at this initiative for new uniforms, new branding for our, this store, this, that, and the other, what can you help provide? And we filled in a lot of the gaps, not just, you know, the, the standard branding materials, the look feel, we did uniforms, name tags, hats, crazy, really whatever they had in mind, we could, find a distributor, an item to apply it to their branding or whatnot. So it was like an ASI company for business to business. Okay. So then you get the job at Ohio state and you start doing similar things. What were you doing at Ohio state? 
I, when I came in, I was actually brought into our advancement area and fundraising. And I have helped with communications on um, getting the, the science and stories out um, for what the university makes, puts forth our accomplishments. I, I help with communication between um, our, our donors and our, our, our alumni, things like that. I, I, I've actually had the privilege. I kind of have my hands in all kinds of stuff here now. But when I first came in, it was, you know, I was the newbie starting out with a standard, here's a nice brochure project to going to some XYZ clientele for alumni. And, you know, started with a simple trifold and now I'm, now I'm here. <laughs> so, but this was a, this is a, it's a, I mean, I work at a university also, so it's, a amazing place because there are so there's so much to do there's so much to learn and you have a really great energy you laugh a lot so I think that that has been I think a huge part of you getting through cancer but mm -hmm. I think so you were working it wasn't like you were brand new but you hadn't been there for 10 years right no, I was still a rookie right yeah I was I was still a rookie you know just excited to be there and the, the, the green showed but you know what Whatever. <laughs> so one of the things I wanted to talk so about because um, I did a little research and in the UK, one in every two people is diagnosed with cancer. And in the United States, it's one every three and one in every three. So if there are four people that you work with, six people that you work with on your team, two more than likely are going to deal with cancer. It doesn't mean they're gonna die from cancer, but they're going to have a battle. And Absolutely. it is a battle, and you had a huge battle. It wasn't just stage one, two, I mean, four. It only goes to five, right? There's only five stages. Yeah, five doesn't hang around long till it finishes the job either, so it's, yeah. You, you had a serious battle that you were in. So how does, um, and I don't know. Um, so what advice would you get? I was like, where am I in my questions? But I'm on track actually. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm, yes, you are. I'm checking right here. <laughs> okay, good. Keep me in line. Um, so what advice would you give someone if me or one of my colleagues is going to deal with cancer? What is something you would want as a designer i think that there are some differences right we maybe need some different things um maybe not but um what would you tell if somebody that i was friends with got diagnosed with cancer what's something i should do to help them um so in prepping for our gathering i i one thing i always tell everyone cancer.org has a tremendous amount of real information how to deal how to cope how to just approach it all so i always recommend you go there for details but from experience and research i've sat down i have a top three do list just for anyone diagnosed as i i as far as for creative to creative i have a story i can sneak in okay. there real quick that someone did for me um and i also have a three don't do list like just like in and these I found these are awesome when I, I was kind of when I had these exhibited towards me it's like yeah that's this is how you do it like so um, without further rambling I will give you my three just do for someone who who needs it okay um, you just point blank let them know you care hmm. um, you, you, you talk to them however you deal appropriate and, and you, you should be observant to their responses and their body language, but you let them know genuinely like this, you know, it's not about, Oh, hi, how are you? Good day. This and that it's you're, you're, you're sick. I, I want to help you. Like, yeah, you, you let them know that you care and you're respectful about that statement, meaning mean it like be ready to back it up or, don't offer because hmm. now's not the time for false optimism. So um, no matter what you respect their decisions about treatment, even here's the rough part. Even if you yourself do not agree, you are not in their shoes. Your job is to not overlord or give awesome advice or whatever. You're there for support to another human that you care about. Hmm. So whatever they decide, 
you look them dead in the eye after you've hugged them and you say, I got your back. Mm. Number three, when you offer to help, do it. Do it in concrete ways. Like just even if it's something little, do it. Hey, I'm going to bring you guys dinner on this night. And it's like, no, you don't have to. Uh, uh, no, I really want to. Like I want, you know what I mean? You don't, don't push it they're uncomfortable always read them always be respectful of their wishes but don't offer things you're you're really not going to do because you you, you it, it may not be a big deal to you when you do it at first you're like i'm going to make a meal and i love cooking and i want to take this to make i want to tell you from experience when those people come through the door with help with tangible help and they mean it and they're consistent and you have no idea like how awesome it is to look up. I mean, it is, that's, that's part of the hope. Like everyone joining in and helping is, is part of the treatment. Like we, no man is an Island, especially during this, like, and, and no woman's an Island, forgive me, but like, yeah, we, when you, 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 if you feel compelled to truly help and truly help, treat them like your family. Okay. So, so being there, so some things other um, that maybe other people did for you was bringing food that mm -hmm. sometimes people do that. What mm -hmm. else was something that um, other people did? Can you tell us the story? Um, well, okay. Here from a creative to a creative, I had an awesome coworker um, and he and I, we, we, we didn't just appreciate design. We appreciated fine arts and everything that goes with it. Like I'm one of those, I dabble, Lord, I'm not happy until my hands are yucky and I'm looking at some museum. Like really, I mean, that's, and I, I feel like everyone on here understands like you just like you're into that beautiful thing, whether I collect rock posters, truly just, Oh wow. I love rock posters. My coworker, when I first got ill, he, he, would talk to me and things and just check on morale and this, that, and the other. And he was very astute and caught, you know, he noticed my morale and just my attitude was kind of flogging and it will like it will, you will have bad days, but instead of really doing anything to kind of, he said, I didn't want to get in your hair, man, no pun intended, but he, he went out and he found a really cool poster that he and I had always talked about got an original print of the thing. It was expensive and quietly had it mailed to me. And I remember being so sick coming back from treatment one day and, and UPS shows up and I'm like, well, you know, uh, what is this? And it was just a note from him, you know, hope is, you know. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Forgive me. That one gets to me a little, but it was like, I hope this helps, buddy. I miss you. I expect you back here soon. <laughs> Like really, and that's yeah. That was another thing I found. Not to keep rambling on, but getting back to the design and the creative, it helped establish a routine to bring you back to being human. To being back brings you back to who we are as creative. And so, it, yeah, that's that's kind of the beginnings of the the therapy question. So I'll. Right. I'll wait. <laughs> so, so what would you tell somebody? Because I don't want to forget this. What would you tell somebody who was diagnosed? Because um, a lot of these, th the one, two, and three that you gave, are mm -hmm. terrific. But sometimes we need to know what to ask. And so, cancer.org would be a great resource. But what mm -hmm. else? Because were you doing this alone? I know you have kids. How old were your kids? Um, um, they were early teens. Okay. Yeah, I have three daughters. I know. <laughs> <laughs> so, so were you um, having to take yourself to treatment? Were you having to? I had an amazing support system, which was my next point. Um, that is key. And, and, and it doesn't always have to be the traditional support system. I was very privileged. Mine was excellent. Mine, my daughters, um, Darlene really helped a lot family stepped up. I had friends come and say, uh, we want to help get him there. So pick the day and I'll take him on Mondays, Fridays, whatever. That's, I mean, that's part of it. The thing that I, I'm, I'm, believe it or not, I can be very iron headed, very stubborn. So one thing that you may encounter with the person in treatment, they'll never ask for help. I, I don't know why. 
I don't understand. I, I was like, I don't really, I'm okay. I'll get, I'll do this. And it's not the time to ball up and, and go in a corner. Like how, how you, 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 you know, you attack this as a village. Mm, I love um, that. And, and, and if you don't have a traditional support system, there are wonderful social workers. Talk to your doctor, talk to anyone. Listen, I'm, I'm, my situation's awful, Doc. I don't have children. I don't have a spouse. I don't have, like, can you help me? It's rough reaching out for that kind of help. But I, I can tell you from experience, there are people out there that truly find life's joy on helping someone ill, injured, and, yeah, it's, they're great people out there. They're still good people in the world. Yeah. And they will help you. You just got to find them and ask them. So. so maybe don't be afraid to ask mm -hmm. and um, reach out to people who you know will, will be there for you morale wise. Mm -hmm. Cause it sounded like that was a really important part, but that other, what was that friend's name? Um, I, I had a couple mom, but my main one <laughs> was my best friend, Bob. Sadly, he has passed away a few years back, but <laughs> he was, he had, had sadly suffered through it with his mother. He had got her through treatment successfully. And he just had this iron-sided approach, like, you will do this, you will win, <laughs> and you're not going anywhere, you know? And it was like, we're going to approach it this way and just assume the best because, I, you know, if the worst happens, you can't really do anything about it. And it's he would explain, it's not worth sweating this, man. Keep focused get through these treatments one day at a time. Hmm. Yeah. He, he was my saying. Yeah. That's, um, he sounds amazing. So having him there to be real with, but also for him to be looking completely optimistic, having that one person that you could always turn to, even if you got down, he didn't, he didn't let you stay down for too long. Right. And that's yes. And that's a huge deal for family or friends or anyone that's in treatment or, or, or helping as a caregiver or anyone. I mean, it's, it, I, please forgive me all if it sounds hokey, but a positive attitude, a legitimate one, it can really help. Like I, I, to give a short story, I was very sad and kind of broken when I got diagnosed. I thought this is it. Like I'm so young. I don't know what to do. My children, blah, blah, blah. just crying. <laughs> kind of hysterical and everyone started kind of joining in with me and it was all kind of a sad fest and I, I remember Bob walking in and just sort of walking up to me and going smack <laughs> you're gonna be all right now you've had your tears and this is awesome now get up and let's figure this out and it's like okay I I don't feel that way but I trust you like and mm -hmm. I don't, I don't know if it's the right thing to do, but it worked for me. So. Right. Everybody has to do their own thing. So, yes. but so treatment was for how many months? I, I, my last day that I was, that myself and my family demanded it be proclaimed was December 17th of 2013. I had gone through six rounds of chemo. Three were in house at the James. They took a day each. And then the other three, I had to wear this 1988-looking cell phone <laughs> with a huge IV plugged into my port in my arm, which they either – sometimes you get a port here for medications or they go here. So I had to wear this awful fashion accessory along with being poisoned. And those sessions went for four days each. So I had to sleep with the thing. I had to walk around. I had to just like – you know – and. My closest buddies were like, nice cell phone, dad. I'm like, oh, you know, and, they, and the humor helps with me. Now, again, it may not work with everyone, but like I, I, they made me laugh because truly it helped relieve the stress and fear of what I was going through. And I, yeah, but that, well, that went on from about June, 2012 to December 17th of 2013, which. So yeah. were you working any of that time? I started in the beginning and tried to, mm -hmm. but in my system, when those three chemotherapies hit with the first in-house injection, 
I went down, I ended up in a wheelchair. I couldn't really control my legs. I couldn't. And it was, it, it was strange. It was a strange, I mean, they warn you of all kinds of things, but it, it's, it's what makes it so scary is kind of the unpredictability sometimes of even the treatments or not granted. I'm not, yeah, the treatments are amazing, but everybody reacts different sometimes. And mine was, yeah, I kind of, I went down, um, I had issues with even swallowing or drinking. It was like chewing on glass. So I had had a feeding tube installed, but I got angry at it and I wasn't going to use it. So it was like, eh, I, I got very ill and shedding a lot of weight. So I, I think I lost 109 pounds over that. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Great, great diet. I don't recommend the plan <laughs> though. I'm thankful I lost it, but that diet plan is awful. Yeah. Not one you want to pick no, up just for no, fun. Ma no, ma'am. So Macy <laughs> wants to know if you are an ordained minister. I, I actually am. It's, it's funny you ask. I had a dear friend, one of my closest best friends many years ago. We had talked about me marrying him. My, I, I, I did it out of, of, I did it out of fun to see if I could do it legally because I love him to death. And his, you know, I knew his, his wife, I'm like, she, we've got to marry those two because she's the best thing that ever happened. Yeah. So I went off and filed the paperwork for it to do marriages and things. Um, now my father is an actual registered theological minister, preacher, he is, he's, he's the true official. The, the preacher's kid just did it kind of a little honoriness and, and, and a whole lot of love for his best friend. So I love that. Um, yeah. <laughs> I love that. Okay. So let's get back to recovery. So as you, um, did you, uh, recovery you're going to treatment and then you have recovery but then you're also in recovery after you're in remission or after you're done with the treatments and you go on check uh they go through check checkups like it maybe it's every month for a while and then it's once every three months and then you go to every yep. six months and then i think yep. it's either every six months or every year right yes ma'am okay um, so that's what's awesome about my situation is Mathematically, if you can make it to your five-year mark without a recurrence, he said the math of it ever returning is like minimal, minimal. And I said, so when I get to that point, because they're very um, cautious about saying, you know, cancer-free, cancer, mm -hmm. things like that, because I, in some cases you just don't know. Some cases people have fought it to a standstill. They have it lurking but they have fought it to a standstill so they 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 want to watch the verbiage out of respect which is completely awesome um but like um oh goodness i lost track of what i was rambling <laughs> yeah, That's okay. we were talking about you know you go through six months and then you go once yeah, every yeah. My apologies. Um, I had to go every month and check in, blood work, the whole thing. I had this very large, painful scope. They would go down my throat and thing. And, like, yeah, it was um, – <coughs> excuse me. I even cough now talking about it. Um, I wish I could give you a water. No, I have one. Hang on. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> my apologies. Um, and then it's I went okay. up to Brutus the took your spot there. Look right <laughs> behind you. <laughs> yeah. Right. Um, I went through the whole gamut of all of the check-ins, all the awesome needles and blood work and scanxiety, which, by the way, is is a, a, a very scary thing to deal with when you go every time and you're like, okay, are they going to tell me I have kids? Right. Every time you go through it, it's awful. It's normal. Um, sadly, it's normal. Um but I made my five-year mark. Um, this being my sixth year, obviously I'm great at math, but last year um, I hit my five-year mark and he looked at me and uh, he said, man, I don't know how, I don't know how you did it. And I'm thinking, wait a minute, you're telling me that now? But he said, look, I, man, it is like, I don't, I don't know really a lot of this didn't even make sense. Now looking back, I just didn't want to say anything. 
but he said, you know, I, I, I'm not necessarily one to believe in people are put here for reasons because he's a science guy. I get it. But he said, I'm beginning to wonder in your case. So that's always stuck in my head since he mm -hmm. said it. My mother says, it, You're, you didn't suffer for this for the reason. So when this opportunity came up, it was a natural fit. So, all right. Um, so let, let's talk about that a little bit because you've really taken this. Um, I had never heard of anybody doing this. So were you uh, meaning that you do a ton of pro bono work now um, for cancer research and then you also donate your freelance work to cancer research, which it's like, so before, uh, I mean, you have three girls, you know, girls are kind of expensive. <laughs> so oh, yeah. before <laughs> were, you, um, were you doing freelance before you got sick? I was doing some. I would. I more focused my career. I've always been more of an in-house mm -hmm. designer. Um, yes, I did that some freelance, but I was. It, it, I I had a whole different approach before treatment. What was it? Kind of paint that picture for us. Okay, kind of paint a um, picture of your life before. Um, I I looked like the love child of John Goodman, and I I was. <laughs> I don't want to say self-centered, but I wasn't as enlightened as I am now about just looking at perspective and things. And yeah, I was just, you know, average Midwestern fellow working in design, thinking it was awesome, this and that. But it was, I don't know, when you go through what I went through, you have a life perspective shown to you that just like, wow. And, and, and I kind of slowly would watch things and fundraisers I'd go to just because I would, you know, I'm a survivor, so I would show up and then I'd kindly casually look around and I'm like, that's an amazing hat or that shirt they did for this gathering was excellent, except this is ugly. Like, you know, and it was, no, I, I went in and used my skills and I thought there's always some need for fundraising or something awesome to raise money for any good cause. Right. Mine just happened to be, you know, like I, I'm a little bit, you, you mess with me. And I thought, yeah, cancer mess with me. I said, how can I get back in an appropriate manner? So, I thought, so well, this is your it. way. This is yeah. way fighting back is fun for cancer. I love yeah. that. <laughs> That's awesome. So uh, I want to talk a little bit about this before we completely get through and start talking about your, your work um, and what you've done. What, because you talked about that design actually became part of the healing. It was, uh, it became therapy for you. Mm -hmm. um, why was that so crucial? And can you kind of paint that picture of what you were doing, how, um, how that really made a difference? Um, I backed up and thought, you know what, if I'm going to keep doing this till obviously I drop in the design, I want to like reevaluate and do it my way. Like, and not that I wasn't open to input or, you know, anything like that. It's like, okay, you're, you're, uh, you're all to this point in your life. You're going to keep doing design because you just can't do anything different. I, I, I don't want to, like, I enjoy the creative process, the beautiful things made, all of that. So I, I kind of backed up and thought, what do I enjoy about this part? Oh, I love sketching. So how are we going to improve on that? I love, like when I was in school, like 110 years ago, we, we, we started out was like, you know, you were to do a hundred idea sketches, little thumbnails, things like that. And I used to, oh God, you know, and, and all this, wow, I can whip out a winner, just one sketch. I didn't get I didn't understand what they mean by you need to love the process mm. until after treatment. Wow. So I sat down and I thought, all right, so you need to do X, Y, and Z to create things. However, the creatives like out there, everyone has their own different way, but you have your stages for creating things. So how can I make those stages even more enjoyable for me? I changed what kind of pen and things I use. I use a big fat marker or a Sharpie now with, um, the crescent no bleed paper so I can go crazy with a Sharpie and, and just let it out because we will all, we can always refine it on a Mac. But I, I went back to more of the hands on for the idea creation and it was more rewarding. It was, it was, I, I don't know. It got my hands. And when I was a kid painting and getting into messes, then it was a way to kind of do that. 
um, I changed from using a mouse to a stylus to help draw more. Even if I'm writing an email, it lends more toward the artistic mm -hmm. wants, needs, things like that. I kind of, I kind of evaluated what I was going to do in design and catered a lot of it towards my likes and needs, you know, with a filter, like it, you're still going to have to make this awesome stuff for your day job, night job, freelance. But I don't just sit down and do this one regimented process I thought was awesome for me. And it's like, yeah, do it. I'll do it my way and adapt what I've been taught and got more comfortable with the creation process and therefore really started to learn the process to learn to love the process. So I love that. Okay. So as you're um, healing, right? So this is after you are, you're done with chemo after December, 2013. Is that when you kind of get back into it? When do you go back to work? And then when did you start designing? Cause did yes. you start designing before you went back to work? I sit around and scribbled ideas. Like I have this strange habit when I'm out in public, wherever, whatever's been designed creatively, billboards, banners, fashion, cars. And you know, just, I love the creative process of every part of it. So, I always try to wag a sketchbook or things around, even a little small one, and just, oh, this is a great idea. And it, it acts as like a, it was acting as a logbook for when I got back to work. Like I'd have a plethora of ideas ready to go, just swap out some content. And it also acted as like a diary on that day. I, oh, I decided to redesign, you know, a balloon logo or whatever. It didn't matter the sub, you know, it was the act of doing that kind of, took my mind off some of the pain, some of the sickness. Like I, I found that the faster you can get back in life to doing it is what you love. Mm. The faster you can heal from this, the faster you feel like a human, the faster you'll get back to everything you had before. And then some, they call it the new you when you're out of treatment and it's, it can be from injury. It can be from anything. And, and, and mine is, from perspective like it really I was very lucky it made me realize hey you have a career being a creator and and like this is like you're an adult getting able to do this like really you started off with comics and Crayolas when you were a kid like and and it's it just kind of taught me to really love what we do I mean it, it what we do could be trying yes but when you think about it you know, being a designer, animator, illustrator, comicator, or, you know, a factory, or like now, I, yes, they're needed and it is wonderful work. Don't get me wrong. My, my family was hard, wonderful factory workers, but yeah, it really taught me to appreciate the creative field. Like, and, and answer the question, how does it work? Everyone on here, I'm sure, has heard the term art therapy. Mm -hmm. So all it is is me applying art therapy using sketches for today's two projects. It's me taking those hand sketches with all the funny notes and just my open, unbellished thoughts about it and the creativity flowing. And I record that and then I refine it and go on. And I just kind of fell in love with the whole process, not just the end product. So, Do you think you became a better observer of people? as a result of this because like um it seems like observing the design around you was also a big part of like hey you know what i could do something to make this better mm -hmm. so, so when I, you're... I... go ahead no no um I, honestly i think if creatives we can all do that like it's Absolutely. not i i don't want to go out and badmouth people's efforts that's not that's not right 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 it's like but we are professionals and it was just kind of a habit. It's a habit for me to see visual things that are awesome and wrong. And, you know, right. there, are, there, are, there are rules and ethics to design. And when it's a worthy cause, I just hate to see them waste their limited funding and things on some crap shirt. Or, right. you know, keychains are awesome if you're into keychains. But, no, I mean, but think, yeah, and and – but a lot of times people are getting somebody who isn't a professional to do this because right. there isn't any funding. Right. And so that this was a way that you saw that you weren't bad mouthing anybody. You're just saying, Hey, I I'm a professional. I do this for a living. 
I would love to do this to help you so that we can raise more money and help cancer research. There were instances, and this is probably backwards to everything I've been taught, but there were instances I identified things and then made <laughs> the whole branding and, and my suggestions and everything and then went to them and said, hi, here's who I am. I love the cause. This is why. This is why, blah, blah. You know, my heart's in it because of this. This is what I do for a living. Do you have five minutes to talk about something I'd like to donate? Or, and usually you can blow them out of the water. And, and, and yeah. And, and I, I do strange that I have, I hate to say it's a rule about that, but when I go and do these things, I kind of, assign myself as art director and everything, meaning a lot of people like to have awesome input. You know, this is an amazing branding set, but can you change everything to pink? <laughs> um, your, your company is blue and green, you know, and it's, so in that case, I would caution people when you do this, be ready to go and stand up and say, I think it's a great color choice, love pink, got shoes and a hat at home. But for the companies, you know, the brand equity, what you're really trying to accomplish and raise money, let's stick with this because I feel this would, you know, you have to be kind of ready to defend your work sometimes for no reason, but, you know, it, it happens. We've all run into it. We've all run into it. But if, if you choose to do this for a great cause, sort of make the commitment to, to, to cross all T's, dot all I's, be ready to play the art director role, be ready to play the, well, maybe even the sales role when you go meet with them. But right. if your heart's really in it, like make something that you would think is amazing from research, professional input from coworkers, things don't, you know, don't just whack something together and run off to them and say, and then get offended by it. But have, have bring in your pros. I mean, they're creatives love helping other creatives. I truly believe that and have input. And go to them and be like, listen, I want to help your cause. And right here is how I can help it. And it's just my donation. You can sell this item with this awesome image on it. You can do X, Y, Z with it. And I just, yeah, from, from having a fundraising background, I've seen a lot of awesome efforts and, and a lot of really well done things end up in the trash. And it's like, well, why, why, you know, let's, my my thing would be if someone's buying money for a great cause and exchange of energy, the item they want, I want it to hang around and broadcast the advertising, like show that off. Let's Which talk, me let's talk about that. Yes. <laughs> so, so that's something that a lot of times you're doing a fun run or you're doing something and it has the date, but that doesn't really have a good longevity of a piece. So when you're thinking about, um, actual items that would be on sale um, at a anywhere, any kind yeah. of retail location, they wouldn't have the date on there because yeah. you want it to have a longer shelf life. So this is a, I totally, when you showed me this and we were talking about this last week, I was like, oh my goodness, this seems like a mind blower a little bit. Like why don't people do this? So I'm going to pull up this um, piece that you did recently. I think the awesome. hat stuff, right? Yep. Okay. Um, let's see. I have it open. Where? Oh, there we go. And I love, <laughs> this picture is the one that's showing first. This is not the one, but I love this picture. <laughs> that, oh my goodness. That was such a fun day. We were actually out on site doing quality work. I was being responsible, believe it or not. And we were doing a photo shoot for the president's club materials. And I just, I was like, wow, this is a big, there it is. And I meandered off and I couldn't help but pose. <laughs> yeah. So I love that. Okay. So let's go back to, um, so you're actually doing fundraising and stuff like that, even with um, uh, uh, Ohio State. Obviously that's your job. One of you, the jobs, the hands that you have. Yes, um, I, I don't, so this is one of them. This yes, is part part of that same yeah, thing. That that was the original one. That was the the idea okay. that kicked it all off. Um, to like quickly summarize how it started, I being a survivor, people know I can make things, so I kind of put it out there. Um, to the people I know, reps said, "Hey, I want to volunteer some artwork and things like that." 
and didn't know who it was going to go to, didn't know how it was going to present itself. I just made the commitment to where if opportunity arose, we're going to do something and we're going to do it right. Like we're going to make something, we're going to make something affordable. We're going to make something easy to make, you know, make it worth the effort all the way around. Right. So that's where the cap came about. Um, we have a large uh, fundraising team here that partners with Pelotonia. Team Buckeye is our large team. And from there, we have smaller teams. Um, I'm on team advancement, Pelotonia. We have m multiple, multiple so it is, it is an awesome, serious deal here. And I ran into the opportunity knowing the team captain back then. They had just had jerseys. They just had um, shorts and a small other pieces of couturement, things like that. And I thought, oh, my God, I make this kind of stuff all the time, but I've never made a hat. I think I want to make a hat. Like, because I every racer that I know, I am not a cyclist, but everyone, I have friends that are, and they always had their cool little hat with a cool little bill. And I always loved the hats. I didn't care so much for the 180-mile rides, but <laughs> I love the, the hats because the bill turns up. And it just, it was like, yeah. So the opportunity arose. I proposed the idea with the artwork. They liked it so much. It was taken to um, friends and finances and they found a way to finance it for the team. And once all of that was made back, all of the profits and everything were directed via a small app right into our team's Peloton page. So once we had the objects in hand, we meandered down to Pelotonia and it was, we, I determined that the cost should be a $20 bill flat up. It's easy to get at. It's, it's, you know, I try to think about every touch point in this to make it smooth and easy mm -hmm. and a good cause like helps I, I, anybody help in with a good cause. If you make it accessible enough, you know, right. make it worth it. So it should, that also brings me why there's no date or no, Mm -hmm. dating or things like that it's just you, you hit it perfectly it's don't add a shelf life I mean it's it, it, my logic is if, if if every one of you listening were to go in your closet and flip through your favorite t-shirts flip through your favorite you know whatever band shirts all that like band shirts all right you know the dates and things on back but your favorite everyday garb like it's mm -hmm. not marked dated. or it's not mm -hmm. dated yeah yeah and my thought is approaching this is when you make these objects for fundraising, when you make this for people to, you know, help like make the item hang around for a while, make it something they get attached to. More because, retail. Yeah. They, Have they more of a retail home. You know, if yeah. you make it an amazing thing, where'd you get that cool hat? Oh, it's fundraiser, man. You donate X, Y, Z, you get one. Uh, okay. You know, it, that, that was the thought behind it. Ease, affordability, um yeah longevity with it i mean i i would love to see my hats go on people wearing them for years or things like that or things i've helped make because you know i like to have cool things that last a while so you know absolutely so talk to us about this series because so you did a trucker hat uh, huh? a street, street cap i think <laughs> that's the one that the biker cap i think or and speed racer there's your, um, your checkers yeah. again, right? Yes. Oh, yes. Child of the 80s. Like, uh, yeah. <laughs> I truly, I worship checkered vans. So, um, and that's where it comes from. I have this crazy love of vans and checkered vans. I've worn them since eighth grade, you know, 110 years ago. <laughs> um, I had to incorporate it. In, in the race, I just, I have a fun thing about lightning bolts and all that. It just says speed and, and biking mm -hmm. crazy. So, and then it was a natural fit for the branding like so then talk to us about this because this kind of seems like something that's going so it's the arrows but then there's mm -hmm. also these kind of four corners and i don't know what that is i don't know if that's well, ohio or if that's it, it is ohio and i'm not sure you'll forgive me it should be a gray ohio back there for some reason it didn't pop through but it's basically a, a offset multiplied shadow of ohio the X, the X in it is actually from Pelotoni's branding. This is the 10th anniversary that Ohio State has partnered with Pelotonia. So the Roman numeral X is mm. graphically was an awesome thing. Cool. So they this is their branding. 
I just arrange their branding that matches our current uniforms. So like so the, the arrow. Yep, the arrows on the uniforms, mm. the red, obviously it's all over the thing. Um, the X on the uniform is on the back, a large. You'll forgive me, I don't have an example of it because I think it's still kind of proprietary now. Right, but, right. Um, yeah, it was directly um, visually borrowed and made into the hat for, you know, possible fundraising. And the thought was it's they'll be able to purchase a full uniform plus, um, you know, Right. A, a, appeal to everyone's awesome fundraising skills. So. <laughs> right. So, but it really taking, taking the idea of retail and bringing it to fundraising, which seems new to me. Um, I don't hear that a lot. So I think that what you're doing is really forward thinking. And I really like that. I think that's a smart way to do it. Um, so as you continue, as you're in your sixth, year or I guess fifth year of freedom, I guess, um, <laughs> from cancer. Yeah, my rebirthday. Yeah, your rebirthday. But it sounds like it was, um, although it was a very terrible fight, it sounds like, I don't know if you would change it. I think that it has changed you in such an amazing way that you maybe can look at it as a blessing. Um, maybe not the actual bit, but just how it made you adjust how you think about other people in mm -hmm. life and just everything right yeah my my father would tell me when i was young that adversity will breed character mm. you choose what that character is but it will breed character so i i can honestly wake up every day due to the scare of my life and say that i am simply happy to mm. be here and then you add in the fact I get to go play with Sharpies. I get to help out raise money. You know, I get, well, honestly, I, I'm, I, I'm goofy on purpose. I get to raise spirits. Mm -hmm. I get to talk to these wonderful people about my silly experience. Like, yeah, it's, it's crazy to say, but I think that horror deal and cancer actually helped me. And I hope that doesn't sound morbid. Like I don't want to, but it, it taught me a, a way of perspective that, yeah, it's it was it was just such a good lesson. It's it's mandatory. I pass it on. So one of the things when I met um, the woman who works with you, she was so adamant about, and I think it is. It's your character and it's your humor. Um, I also think it's your energy. You just have this like fourteen-year-old boy mm -hmm. inside you. I think um, that just you just sixteen. Okay, well maybe you're fourteen and you just are a rebel. Hey, yeah, I'm um, not driving anyway. Yeah, exactly. Um, that's what I think more about uh, you because I think you're like, well, that may be how it is for most people, but I'm okay driving at 14. Am I allowed to plead the fifth online? Sure. <laughs> so, but to me, Jason, when once I've talked to you and you do have an incredible story, but you also continually turn it around and just lift other people up so it's like a mirror i feel like you just keep making things brighter you just add another mirror so that everybody gets shined on and i really like that i think that that's we need more people like you in the world so that um everybody else can feel a little bit better about what they're doing that that and they are making an impact and i think for you um you had made such an impact on your coworker that as I asked, Hey, if you have anybody, she said, Oh my goodness, you've got to interview Jason. And I'm, I am really glad. So, um, we're almost done. So I know you've worked in the industry for over 20 years. I think you and I are, I don't know how old you are. You can, I'm, I'm 45. I know. Okay, me too. 45, yeah. yeah. So we're the same age. So, we're um, we're that's right. not, not quite. Not yet, hopefully. Um, <laughs> no way. But so you've been in the industry. One of the things I feel like a lot of people do, and I don't know if this is where you were before, um, but you, before cancer, um, you have stayed, I mean, to stay in the industry that long is, is really a feat because a lot of times we get beat down mm -hmm. or we don't. And one of the things I think you love is just from talking to you the least uh, three times that we've talked, is that you really um, embrace helping other people, whether it's the client, helping them, the client get to know, get what they need, or um, it's a coworker or whatever. Like you really enjoy 
helping people. And I feel like that's a, the, a, a characteristic of a good designer. It's not necessarily getting my idea out, but it's about helping other people. So what do you, how do you keep a positive attitude in 20 years or over 20 years? And what's the secret to that happiness at work? Cause I think that can be a challenge for a lot of people. Um, I, I, I just to address one thing I saw in some comments in the statement, people were like, how do you not get burnout? Um, I've been burnt out uh, quite a few times. It just, it's part of it. Like you don't do anything for a long time without going, ah, what am I doing? Like, yeah. Um, but at that point, I think we all have the ability to say, you know what? You got to work and eat. You got to pay your bills. I mean, at least the way I was raised, you got to contribute that far. So how do you want to do it? Like for real, let's be real here with everything. Getting burnouts part of it. You'll have to work and reinvigorate yourself. That's work. Yes, it's tiring, but it's so worth it. It really is. I mean, it, it, look, it's it's called work for a reason. If it were fun, it would be a hobby. <laughs> no, but like it's 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 work to enjoy work. Hmm. Like I know that sounds like what, but I I kind of approach it like, yes, the projects are important. The message is very important to me. We like I I take it serious here about selling education. Like we're hmm. I, it, it, but you can approach it with a smile. Every, there, there's no reason things can't be serious and fun. They do not have to be mutually. Like you can smile and tell jokes and then sit down and sketch out an amazing campus campaign that just an award winning while you guys are shooting rubber bands at each other or, you know, I don't know, watch your eyes, but <laughs> what, you know, it, it, it's, it's not, you have to make it fun your way. Like what's appropriate, read the environment, obviously, but I'm I'm I've kind of grown up as a class clown in an appropriate manner. When the work when it comes what to What number time, kid were you? I was I'm an only child. I have a stepbrother who is older. I'm the youngest of the three of where I grew up. Um, yeah, I do act like the little one sometimes, but uh, um I'm a little one too, just saying. Uh, that, that's why we're in the creative <laughs> Yeah. Um, it's, 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 there's no magic pill for this. You just have to come to a realization that what we all do as creatives is a privilege. Mm -hmm. I mean, it really, yes, you get burned out. You get the, the wrong person in charge that loves pink and you are for a blue branded company and you don't understand and it's daily. That can grind on you. You know, you gotta you've gotta take a little charge and say, okay, that is what it is. We're gonna have to make pink stuff, but I'm gonna do my. Maybe that's the perfect opportunity to say, hey, I love fighting cancer. It did X Y Z to my family, and I hate it. It did X Y Z to me. I hate it. So I'm gonna take that anger that I can't, or channel that energy that I can't do here. I'll put it over here. Same process, same everything. Just take what you want to do here. And you may not be able to do take it as something that you use a worthy cause to you personally, put the same efforts in you be the art director. You tell them up front, there'll be no pink and like, yeah. And, and see if that works out. I mean, it may be a totally backwards way than what we're used to. It's usually come up with things you submit to a group. They give their feedback that, you know, maybe it's time if you find something you want to participate in, you just be your own group be professional, be open to the client's needs for real and, and take the lead more because it's look, do it not for the money, not for do it for yourself and for the good cause, like for the therapy for you and for the true help on your good cause there. Everything else in between is noise. I love how you said it in the beginning. You said, um, I have something I'd like to talk to you about that I'd like to donate. I love that because so often we think of this as just something in us and we don't value. It's not something that we value, oh, but the way you said it was so valued, right? Let me tell you some of the work that we've all done. I've seen like it, it let me just, I'll sum it all as a creative mind. We all have that. That is the most valuable thing. The most important thing. Every creative is listening to me on here. Kudos to you. Don't ever lose it. Don't ever stop using it because all the amazing things you've ever run into in your life, everything from cars, clothing, toys, comics, everything that came from a sketch and a creative mind. Hmm. 
it just is what it is. You know, this for me, Stan Lee was just an ink jockey at one point, little kid, you know, right. scared setting somewhere. We all were like, he just was diligent about what he loved. Hmm. Yeah, for sure. All right, Jason. So it's two thirty or three thirty your time, two thirty my time. Um, is there anything I should have asked you that I didn't ask you? Hmm. Uh, you, know, <laughs> you have a card for that. I do. I have a stack of them. I just want to make sure, like, like I said. If I do. I've been going through and I took notes. So see, been, <laughs> here are my notes I've taken. And then I, um, so I, I have them all pretty much ticked off except a few. I, well, and everyone will forgive me for rambling. It's a privilege to be here. So I, I like want to give my knowledge away and hopefully it helps someone somewhere. Um, and, and, if anyone would like to discuss anything about any type of the cancer treatment or anything, even offline, it has nothing to do with design or the crazy art field. If someone says, Hey man, my, my best friend's in it. My brother's in it. My mom's in it. Whatever you feel, you, you, you gladly supply my email. Feel free to email me all. Um, I may not get right back to you, but I will get back with you. Like I it's, it's in any advice I can tell you the honest truth of my story, what worked, what didn't. And I will gladly help. Um, yeah. Awesome. Emails are cheap. They're free. You know, yeah. look, five minutes of time, whatever. Right. So, so that one is the mighty. Oops, I missed. I, nope. I, uh, it's mighty, right? <laughs> yes, ma'am. Mighty. Yeah, the mighty Schultz, S-H-U-L-T-S at gmail.com. And then yes. you can also follow him on Instagram. Same thing. Maybe it just, there it is. Correct. Um, and then on Instagram, it's the mighty Schultz and it's a private account, but he will accept you. I as a friend. Yeah, yes, I will. Oh, okay. I it up. I'm yeah. Forgive my online savvy. It's kind of old manish. No. So, <laughs> so a couple questions from the audience. Yes. One, who's your favorite rock band? Anne wants to know. Oh my goodness. My favorite rock band would have to be clutch. Okay. Yes. I have a lot though. It's not like, it's not one of those things. Like when I hit play and shuffle, like in just a few minutes, I had the beastie boys with root down going and <laughs> like this. So music is an integral part of creation. I believe like for me, I love it. So for sure. All right. So Joey, she's in Hawaii and she comes a lot. So she said she really appreciates the talk. She has a friend and a fellow creative who's going through treatment now for metastic, metastic, neuroblastoma i don't know what something in your head yes i do um you know what if if you would like to talk offline if you want to email anything you please feel free um stay true to them make sure you're there yeah i'm i'm probably preaching to the choir on this one since you asked but like yeah just make sure they know you're there and show them that you care you're awesome, creative, make them a card, mm. sit down, doodle it out, go things, silly things like that. And just, I think what Bub did for you was just, um, you know, if he thought of something that he thought you would like, he got it. Even if it was just small, like mm -hmm. a poster, right? And it wasn't something you ordered, but it- I had no idea got, it was coming. Right. I had no idea it was coming. It was, and it is great. It was an awesome, like it was, it was a $110 print. I'm like, Wow. And, and he's, and I'm like 110 bucks, man. And he's like, dude, you're worth way more than that to me. So it, it, it will make a difference. You show them your heart and you give them love and you support them and it will show. And just, they're not going to ask for help. Everyone, for some reason involved in this, they get stubborn. They get that imposter syndrome where they're not sure if they're worthy to act. Mm. All these silly reasons. We're all worthy for help. Right. Yeah. So you, yeah, you, you, and please tell your friend they have my love. And if you need anything like hang in there, this, this can be done. You can beat this stuff. So Anne wants to tell you, um, Jason, I'm so glad you beat cancer. My dad lost his battle three months after he was diagnosed. You are an inspiration. So I am very sorry for your loss and, and I appreciate the, the, the kudos. So yeah, that's why amazing story and i just think it's not just that you beat it because that's an amazing story in itself it but it's that you've like 
it that you don't feel like the battle is over just because you specifically won. Now you want to help eradicate this thing. And I just think it's, I just love that part. Next time people sit down at their dinner table, one and three. I mean, that's, that to me is why we should be vigilant because it's, it's, you know, and, and, and truly I've learned that if you're having a bad day, if you make the effort to go improve someone else's day, you're going to feel better. You're going to be like, wow. Like, and, and, and it's a way of helping yourself as silly as it sounds. When you help someone worse off, you, like it kind of teaches you like, oh, yeah, I don't have it so bad. Like things are, you know what? So that's, that's, that's kind of why I did it. I, I, yeah, I, I just, it was bad enough that I had to help somehow. Mm, I love that. Well, Jason, thank you so much. I just want to, um, again, thank you. Super inspiring story. I'm really glad that you came on and you decked out in your, um, Ohio state colors with your, your, um, checkered uh, tie. I asked him, I was like, do you have to wear that? Cause every other time I haven't seen him all dressed up. And I said, do you have to wear that to work? Mm-hmm. And he's like, no, no, I'm representing the brand today. Yeah. 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 And it, and it's like I said, it's a privilege. So, you know, dress up. I love it. So next <laughs> week we are also on a different day. So next week, look out for Tara Victoria and Brad Weaver are going to be on and they're going to be talking about, um, the shore. This is something that they've created. And this is, as you are battling depression and anxiety, a lot of creatives do this. There's all kinds of things, disappointing people, things that we're, we go through in our head. And they created this kind of uh, group, I guess. Uh, a, it's an outlet so that you can always see when you're out there deep in the ocean, you can always still see the shore. That's awesome. Yeah, it's a really cool... Um, I, I can't wait for them to tell you about it. I can't wait for them to tell you kind of their story. So tune in on Thursday next week, same regular time. So if you're new, we do this every week and we're doing a whole month of this. So last week we had Christo kind of um, played a little bit on the last theme and then this theme and then um, uh, just about the, from struggle to soar. And so we did Jason today and we have somebody uh, in two weeks, uh, Drew and Whitney Hill are going to be on talking about financial peace because they have gotten completely out of debt um, and it was a lot of debt. So I'm excited to have them on. And so then anyway, for the whole month of June, that's what we're doing. And then I just have one guest in July and I'm taking July off hopefully to redesign the website. <laughs> awesome. So. Um, if you guys want to follow me, you're welcome to at, at Design Recharge on Twitter, Instagram. And then again, remember to follow Jason at the mighty, M-I-G-H-T-Y-S-H-U-L-T-S. Oh, hey, there you go. Backwards, I know. I was <laughs> no, saying it's not backwards. It's not backwards to me. Okay. <laughs> Everything I was saying looked- hi to my daughters. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so sweet, Jason. Anyway, well, guys, um, thank you so much for coming, and we'll see you next Thursday. Thank you very much. It was awesome.